You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We're back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. It's the annual Memorial Cup Coaches Show, and this year we're including some GMs as well. And it's the uh, the fourth and final uh, segment uh, on the show this year. And uh, the GM that joins me now is uh, coming from the WHL champion Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, Curtis Hunt, uh, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. Uh, Mr. Hunt, how are things out in Halifax? Well, thanks, Guy, and geez, that sounds good, WHL champion Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, things are great in Halifax. Had our first practice today, lots of jump. Uh, guys are energized. Uh, we were quick to make the transaction to the uh, the time zone, and uh, we're excited to get going. Well, and I think that maybe that's where we'll start because uh... – you know what? We're, we're going to start with the, the look, looking back at the WHL playoffs and your path to get to the Memorial Cup before we get on with the, this uh, tournament and what's happening this week. Uh, when you look back at the playoffs, uh, from a coach or a GM perspective, I have to think it's, it's a good thing when you look back and, and see that your, your team was able to overcome some adversity along the way. I mean, you had a tough series against Saskatoon, another tough one against the Old Kings where you actually had to come from behind in that series. And, Obviously, going seven games deep in overtime in Game Seven against Vancouver, uh, your club really got pushed to the limit and overcame it, uh, and that's got to be a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think anytime you overcome adversity like that, it takes a complete team effort, and and every time everybody's involved in that commitment level, you get a little bit closer as a group. Uh, you have a little better experience, a little better understanding of. Of uh, you know about your emotions, staying in the moment, playing in the moment, and and uh, I think that that should pay us dividends, uh, you know, moving forward this week. And uh, you know, I give the coaches full credit to keep the guys focused. They had a good game plan, uh, good adjustments uh, throughout each of our four series, and uh, all of them offered something a little bit different that we can draw on uh, in the next in this weekend coming up. For the most part, over the course of the WHL regular season, your club was fairly dominant uh, from start to finish. When it came to time for the playoffs, and you did get pushed along the way, did you learn anything new about your team? Um, no. Well, you know, we knew we were good, and we knew we had depth. I think we responded very well when we when we really have to. I, I think that that championship series and, and I give full marks to Vancouver and the way they played us. We're a different type of team. Uh, but you know, for, for, for young kids, what happens is they get up three, one. And, and I think they start thinking about maybe just a little bit beyond and then the nerves set in. And, uh, I thought we were probably played a little more nervous than we needed to. And, um, by the time we got home into game seven, uh, I thought our guys played downhill. They played our kind of hockey, speed, pace, execution. And, uh, you know, other than them playing impeccably defensively and their goaltending being outstanding, I thought, you know, we really had a dominant game. Curtis Hunt, the general manager of the Prince Albert Raiders, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. All right, let's look at the Memorial Cup. And obviously the, the story right now, it's uh, Thursday before uh, the tournament starts, the fact that you guys played Monday night, quick turnaround, you just flew out to Halifax uh, on Wednesday. No rest for the wicked, I guess the saying goes, but uh, how, how does fatigue come into play? Is it a concern for you right now? Well, not really. It was uh, We had a great trip out here. It's four hours. Uh, it's like going to Moose Jaw. Um, so you know it's going to be a tough building. Uh, you know the home team's going to be revved up. Uh, you know, we took some steps early in the week to adjust for the time 
difference uh, by setting our clocks. Our kids uh, wanted to practice on Tuesday after uh, we clinched our spot in the big dance. Uh, so they were committed right away to doing the right things. We had a real early breakfast on uh, Wednesday uh, that would emulate a 9.30 breakfast here in Halifax. And, and uh, you know, it's no different than the championship series. Vancouver waited, and we played uh, the extra games with uh, with Edmonton. It was a – I guess we had one more day, but just the same uh, – just the same. It's uh, it's business as usual for us, and you know what? We're really excited, and we understand the short tournament. We've got lots of experience. Uh, Mark Habshai, it's the second Memorial Cup, but uh, a winner in one. And uh, with Jeff Truitt, our assistant coach, he's got he's, this is his fifth, uh, you know, and a winner in one. And so we'll draw on that experience in terms of our preparation for Game One, and obviously that's a huge game uh, for every team that's competed in this event, and and uh, that's where we'll start. Curtis, I've been doing uh, radio shows the last a couple of days, and every time I get asked about Prince Albert, it's you know what makes them so good, and I always come back to depth, and and I think that really revealed itself in the playoffs when you know I'm using the uh, the Oil King series and as an, as an example because I saw that one so close firsthand, but you know Dante Hanoon had one point in that entire series, and uh, I know uh, that Brett Leeson ended up leading you in scoring in the playoffs, but there was an eight game stretch where he didn't get have a point in the playoffs. That would be you know, uh, critical for some teams, but because of your depth, other guys stepped up and uh, and helped uh, uh, lead the way when some of your bigger guns uh, were you know not hitting the score sheet as much. And to me, that's that's what depth reveals. Do you agree? Well, I uh, you know what I'm going to reflect back to the question you just asked me about. Did I learn anything about our team? And and when I thought about that, and and I looked at Swift Current last year and their and their run to the Mem Cup, uh, we were very similar. We have. We, we knew we had depth. We, we've had balanced scoring throughout the year and, and certainly guys among the, the league's best in terms of points per game. Uh, and all of a sudden you get in the postseason and, uh, you play different opponents, different styles, how they play, how they match up. And we were able to take advantage of, uh, of our depth and different players stepped up in different situations. And, and, uh, you know, I always say the true essence of a team is when we have enough confidence in our own abilities to praise the abilities of those around us. Uh, that's true selflessness. And uh, I think that's the way we played, and it didn't matter who was the hero at the end, um, and it didn't matter which series uh, that hero came in. Uh, you know, we had a general, you know, brotherly love for the, the teammate beside us, and uh, we were just happy to get the, get the job done. I had uh, Mark Abscheid, Coach Abscheid, on the show uh, earlier in the season. I think uh, was while you were on your your big marathon winning streak at, at near the start of the year. Uh, and I asked him about the defensive core as a whole because outside of the WHL, it's not a lot of people who are going to recognize some of the names on your blue line. Uh, but at an event at, like this, now that you're on the national stage, a lot of people are going to get to know your blue line and, and what makes them special. To me, it's it's size and just a, a toughness and a meanness to the group as a whole. What stands out for for you about your blue line? Well, I I, I would agree with what you said there. Certainly, size and and, a, and an attitude of of uh, you know you're going to have to get through us. For the most part, our group of D has been together, including uh, Ian Scott and Nett, uh, for three years. And those kids battled every day in what was a real tough year two years ago um, against some real good teams in our division uh, last year again. Uh, with Regina hosting Moose Jaw winning the, uh, 
the uh, Scotty Monroe Trophy and Swift Current eventually winning our, our side, you know, three teams right in our division. Um, I think all that served those guys well in terms of the adversity going through all that together and, and, and always being resilient and always being supportive. And when I talk about a band of brothers, I don't think there's a tighter group than, than our set of D. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of neat the way you say that. Nobody knows uh, much about us. But those guys come to work every single night, and uh, and they're going to make you pay and earn it every single night. And uh, we're really proud of you know the growth they've had as players, and certainly uh, in a lot of ways they're better people. Uh, you mentioned Ian Scott, I, and I have to obviously touch on him. You can't win without uh, stellar net mining, and uh, boy, he had five shutouts in the playoffs: two of them in the semifinal, two of them in the final. Ian Scott's been uh, everything you could ask for from your netminder. Oh, Scott, he's had a terrific year, and right from the get-go. Um, has that like there's that look that demeanor we'd see him in net and maybe our club was a little bit off and, and I remember Mark and I speaking about how about his posture tonight and uh, you just knew nothing was getting by him and you know I, I think he took some great experiences uh, again he's been with us now for four years but two years ago uh, you know a real long year for him last year a, a lot better and that opportunity with the Toronto Marlies uh, to be in the net to understand the work ethic, the commitment to go through a playoff run um, as a support player. And I think what he did is really brought that back to our room off the ice with the leadership, uh, taking care of himself uh, and mentoring uh, young uh, Boston below us as, uh, as our, as our primary backup. And, and Ian's just been tremendous and obviously he's been uh, celebrated um, throughout the league uh, with with the honors that he's received so far at the Western Hockey League level. I have to ask you about some of your forwards uh, on an individual basis as well, and uh, I guess when you talk about leadership, we should probably start with Sean Montgomery, uh, who's uh, in his fifth year in the WHL, all of them with the Prince Albert Raiders, and just uh, that doesn't happen very often. I think he's played, what, just shy of 450 games or something like that, regular season games as a, as a Raider. Uh, quite remarkable. What is What has he meant to the organization? Well, we I would call him like just steady Eddie. You know what you're getting from Monty every single night. Uh he's uh he's a quiet leader, but when he when he does talk, everybody listens. And uh you know, to watch him develop into the player he is, to have the season he's had, uh you know, he's centered with Brett Lisa now for a year and a half and and those guys have just developed some tremendous chemistry. Um, Monty being the, you know, the speedy, gritty, and, uh, obviously Brett Leeson's, uh, career has been followed throughout the season. And then the young, young, uh, Alex Protus on the other side. And, and, uh, Monty's that guy that's going to block the shots. He's going to pay the price. And, uh, you know what? It's a record in terms of games played. You'll never see broken, especially now that, uh, the Western Hockey League has gone back to a 68 game schedule. That's right. 345 regular season games. It's had 450, but that would be, uh, uh, that shows you how well my how good my math is. That's Glenn Goodall country. <laughs> That's right. You're right. Uh, you mentioned Alexi Protis, and, and I, I want to go there next because uh, again, going back to the Oil Kings series, boy, he was a a wrecking ball I guess, for the Oil Kings uh, to go up against back to back hat tricks in that series. Really took off for you there. I know he didn't hit the score sheet as much in the final, but um, this is a really talented player that a lot of people don't know. Again, outside the WHL. Um, but he's draft eligible this year, and I think there's uh, going to be a lot of people watching him. Uh, big six foot five power forward like that. What can you tell people who haven't had a chance to watch him play? 
Well, he's a guy, the first thing is he's never stopped smiling, I think, since uh, since he came into our locker room. Uh, Alexi loves the game. He loves to be around the rink. Uh, him and his countryman, Sergei Sapego, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think having two guys from the same country has been a real blessing in terms of some comfort and, and in terms of adaptation. And sometimes those first-year players from from Europe, it, it is a tough culture shock Uh Alex has got a tremendous reach. Um, I think he's a deceptive skater. Uh, sometimes those big, long guys don't look like they're moving, and then all of a sudden they're by. Uh, he protects the puck as good as anybody, and you know we're really excited to how far he's come this year, and especially with the number of games we've played, and, and to still be a major contributor in our lineup is, is fantastic. And you know we think he's got a tremendous future in the game, certainly in the North American game. Uh, and, you know, obviously not looking beyond the tournament ahead, but uh, there might be good things for him at the draft as well. Now, in the offseason, before the start of the year, you uh, added Noah Gregor via trade, and uh, it certainly worked out for you. I, I want to know if you had a little uh, insight to that San Jose would be, would be sending him back to the WHL this year, or was that just uh, you know, uh, hedging your bet a little bit? Uh, and obviously, tell me about what he's meant to the team, because he's been a terrific uh, find for you this year. Well, the, the funny thing about that deal is when, when we made the deal with Cam, and I, I think he was, uh, at the time, he was looking to, um, and he had a lot of 20s from the year before. They certainly tried to load up. And, yeah. Um, I, we've always liked him. He'd been in Moose Jaw. His speed and his skill set uh, is just tremendous. Um, and then all of a sudden, San Jose made that big deal for Eric Carlson, and a whole bunch of prospects went the other way. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, at, at the time, we knew they had a lot of prospects, um, and uh, so we watched it really closely. And, and uh, as it turned out, um, when he was sent back, uh, we were in the middle of a big, long run. I think that made the transition real easy. I think the fact that he had played in the division uh, made the transition uh, real easy. And uh, you know what? He came in and uh, hasn't missed a beat. And, uh, you know, I, you do feel a little bit fortunate, but every now and again... Uh, you know, you got to take a little bit of a risk, and uh, that's, that was a good one, I guess. I'm going to ask you about Cole Fonstad. Uh, he started the season slow, then really found his game in the second half. Uh, hasn't been, hasn't looked like himself here in the playoffs. I don't know if there's there's injury. I'm not expecting you to tell me if there is, but have we seen the best of Cole Fonstad yet uh, in the postseason? Could he be a maybe a, a secret weapon for you if he uh, finds his form once again here in Halifax? Well, I'll tell you what, like. Cole hasn't showed up on the score sheet, maybe, but it's the chances that he generates and the respect that he's given as a player, I, you know, that always, he always factors into your depth. And uh, he had opportunities. I think he's probably banged his stick off his helmet enough times, uh, you know, and every now and again, it just, the stars don't line up for those guys. But we would probably be more concerned about the points if we knew he wasn't getting chances, but he's getting quality chances. He's a great compliment on that Noah Gregor line with him and Ozzy Weisblatt. And uh, those guys can play with elite skill. They can play with puck control. And, uh, you know, they even have a little bit of a physical element to it, although you don't always see it. And So Cole's a guy that, uh, again, you, you just never know. And if you look at our group, you talked about Alex getting streaky and you talked about Brett getting streaky. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Parker Kelly's a guy that was streaky in the first couple rounds and then the last series with Gregor and Anun. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before uh, things start rolling the right way for, for Cole. But what we've really liked is that he's, you know what, he's been blocking shots and he's playing the right way. And uh, like we always say, if you can't uh, pull the cart, push it. And uh, 
and uh, he's certainly been doing that. I like that expression. Uh, okay, I've asked the other three teams the same question. We'll end it with this. Is just your your biggest concern moving forward, and I'm not asking about uh, specific teams that you're facing or anything like that, but what's the biggest hurdle for Prince Albert here going into the Memorial Cup? I don't think it's a hurdle. I just think it's a mentality, and I, I, I think Mark summarized it with three words. Don't be late. Um, you know, let's be ready at puck drop. And uh, I think our guys have done a good job. We've had a lot of coverage and press this year, so, you know, we're used to some of those distractions uh, from a player's perspective. So it's, you know what, that puck's going to drop at uh, 8.15 a local time on, on Friday night. Uh, it's going to be a full house, which is fantastic. We play the host club and, and certainly a club that, you know, played six games in the Quebec League final. So a battle-ready club is just like we are, and uh, we just want to be on time for that game. Excellent. Curtis, I really appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, everybody in the WHL is uh, going to be rooting for you guys, uh, and uh, thank you very much for making time on the show today. Best of luck. Thanks, Guy. appreciate you having us. Very busy schedule there in Halifax uh, for Curtis Hunt and the rest of the Prince Albert Raiders. So a uh, big thanks to him for making time. Also, big thank you to uh, Brett Smith, the uh, communications guy for the Raiders, who has, uh, I imagine, he has been running around like a chicken with his head cut off as uh, things really tight scheduled out there, let alone their schedule because they played uh, Monday and flew out on a Wednesday. They Today is Thursday. They practiced for the first time. This morning, there's meetings, there's a banquet uh, that goes on. Uh, so, And, of course, lots of other media uh, that are right there on hand. So uh, very appreciative of the uh, work that uh, Brett put in to help set up that interview. And I thank Curtis Hunt for his time as well. That wraps up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. I hope you enjoyed the Memorial Cup uh, Coaches slash GM show. Next week on the program, well, the tournament won't be over, so we'll uh, get up to speed on what's happening there. Maybe we'll also check in on the Junior A Championship down in Brooks as well. That will be complete. So uh, I know uh, Andrew Peard, who I shared a broadcast booth with the Oil Kings uh, this season, uh, he was down there covering that, so maybe we'll check in with him. The Clark Cup in the USHL will be done, so we can uh, recap that as well. And uh, from there on, it's NHL Combine and the NHL Draft. Between now and next week's show, get out and watch some prospect hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, I'm Guy Flaming. See ya.